reason Little gums bleeding Friday evening, it was all about eating When I became a teen, it was all about beefing Now I'm ready for the world Hey guys, welcome to episode 71, a surprise bonus extra episode uh, in honor of International Podcasting Day, which it is today. So I knew I was going to do something special and bonusy for uh, International Podcasting Day. I just wasn't sure what. And then I saw the news earlier this week that Kelsey Miller and the Refinery29 crew have launched this amazing project called the 67% Project, which aims to increase representation, uh, visual representation of plus size women on their website. And I thought it was so fascinating and powerful and just such a needed thing in the world um, to create this kind of visual representation that I knew I wanted to talk to Kelsey again and have her back on the podcast to talk with us about this project. And then we also caught up about life in general and um, how things have been going since she released her book and had just a really great little mini episode. Um, So I'm releasing this to you as kind of a it's an in-between, I guess. It's in-between like a bonus episode and a regular episode, and it's amazing. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. I'm so excited for you to go check out the 67% Project at refinery29.com, and I'm going to put a bunch of links about it in the show notes for this episode, which you can find on our website. If you just go to christyharrison.com slash foodpsych, you'll be able to find the show notes for this episode there. Real quick, before we get into today's episode, we're sponsored by my online intuitive eating course, which you can find at christyharrison.com slash course. It's a 13-week online course to help you make peace with food, and my early participants have been saying that it's really helped change their lives and change their views of food. So definitely go check it out and get in on it if you uh, wanna fix your relationship with food. And then also, I have a Food Psych Premium membership available, so if you like the podcast, you wanna help us keep doing what we're doing and you want access to a lot of cool bonus content, then head over to christyharrison.com slash premium where you can find out more about this cool content. Um, So basically it's all of our first season. Our full first season is no longer available anywhere else except as premium content and it's 28 episodes of great stuff with comedians and actors and writers and therapists and really interesting people talking about their relationships with food. And then I also have an 18-episode bonus series that I did called Ask Food Psych, where listeners wrote in with questions about anything they wanted to ask about, intuitive eating, body positivity, health at every size, and um, that is all available only as premium content as well. So head over to christyharrison.com slash premium to check it out. And I appreciate your guys' support so, so much, and I'm so grateful to have you as listeners. So now, without any further ado, let's go talk to Kelsey Miller. I spoke with her via Skype from her office at Refinery29. So I'm so excited about your new project, which is called the 67% Project. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, uh, thanks so much. It's it's really cool. It's called the 67% Project, uh, essentially because 67% of women in the U.S. are deemed plus size, uh, which means size 14 or higher, essentially. That's and amazing. And of course, hmm? That's amazing. It's I know. I know, I think most people don't know that, even though we we under we know like we see these other statistics about like the average size of a woman being somewhere between a fourteen and an eighteen in the u s um I think it it simply hasn't occurred to many people that the majority of women are are considered plus mm-hmm. um, and of course uh on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have media representation, and it's it's between one and two percent of mainstream media images uh 
our plus size bodies. Mm. And, you know, we, we, we did our own internal reckoning <laughs> with that. That's the right word. And, you know, we, we realized that, you know, on a good day, we were representing, you know, at a higher percentage than most, but it was still somewhere around, you know, six or seven percent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're a company that really, really emphasizes both body positivity, but also body diversity and diversity in other ways as well. And we realized we really weren't putting our money where our mouth was, and we had an opportunity to, to do so. Um, so there's a few elements here. Uh, one big one, though, is that we have reshot our stock photography to create this quote-unquote anti-stock archive. And I love that part it, so much. As a person who uses stock photography and uses, you know, social media images, I'm salivating. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. Well, because it's, it's almost funny. If it weren't so awful, it would be completely funny. But when you mm-hmm. go on uh, stock uh, websites, you look up a plus-size woman, and it's like a, the same oh. sad woman sitting with her back to the camera on the edge of the ocean. That's what I always <laughs> think of. Yes. Or it's horrifying. Or like, looking down on a scale and, like, screaming. Or mm-hmm. sometimes now you get these images where it's, like, a plus-size woman, um, you know, measuring herself as if she's she's losing weight. And it's, like, mm-hmm. it's completely... It's so dismal. It's so narrow. And um, we've like, we got to change it because mm-hmm. um, not, it's not just about representing, you know, more and more plus women, but the context. Because, you know, it, on, on our site and in most publications, a plus size woman appears really only within the context of her body. So it's, it's like plus size fashion or working out while plus size, that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. never just like this is a story about a woman in a, you know, in a career context and we're using a plus size model. It's never normalized. It's always pointed out. Mm-hmm. So a big goal here was to really take it out of that niche context and out of that very specific conversation and bring her around to the norm because she is the norm. So that's why the stock photography was really important. And it also mm-hmm. that um, wasn't talked about as much, but that applies to our design imagery as well, you know, because we do designed images uh, of bodies as well. And, mm. you know, that that was important to have on hand too. And, the, you know, this is an ongoing sort of permanent change here, but the big the big shift, uh, we're trying to sort of have a little splashy moment here with our <laughs> launch week by um, meeting that ratio exactly. So 67% of the images that you see on our site in this particular launch week, um, I'm sorry, on our homepage, on our visually driven social platforms like Instagram and Snapchat, and in our uh, Everywhere newsletter, 67% of the bodies that you see are going to fall within the 67% demographic, size 14 or higher. Um, and that's pretty cool. I love that. I love that so much because it is, yeah. you know, I think the media images we see, yeah, there's maybe 1% of images are of plus size people. And then all the rest of the images are actually showing what 1% of bodies in the population look like, right? Like it's mm-hmm. completely reversed. <laughs> so Completely reversed and completely warped our sense of what is normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, representation it can't be overstated what an impact it what it impacted has and i don't you know i don't even need statistics to back me up here because i know that everybody has that experience of comparing themselves to what they see on a screen or uh in a magazine or something like that it's just mm-hmm. a natural human response and when you don't see yourself anywhere or when you see yourself only in very specific tiny small amounts that are usually 
very critical um, or, or only about your body, then mm-hmm. it just teaches you how to look at yourself. Yeah. And it's terrifying how limited, um, you know, your, your sort of sense of self can become. And yeah, and it's absolutely, I think it's very dehumanizing the way that most larger bodies are shown, because there's also that trend of, you know, or that that trope of having like the headless fatty, quote unquote, where it's like Mm -hmm. a story about, you know, America's obesity crisis or whatever, like Mm -hmm. big, scary headline. And then it has, you know, a picture of someone's body where you can't see their head. And it's like, what are we Mm -hmm. saying to people here that, you know, who they are doesn't matter at all. It's just about their fat and how that's bad and needs to be eradicated. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, it's interesting you bring that up because I ran a story that I think just went up about an hour ago um, about the threshold of acceptability, Mm. which is something that first came up when I was interviewing Virgie Tovar a few months ago, um, where we were talking just generally about the topics of, of body-based activism and positivity and, and everything and how it became so divisive. And she said, you know, there's a, there's a limit uh, where this body acceptance thing goes from a good thing to something else. There, there seems to be sort of a threshold. Mm. And I was like, I want to know what that threshold is. So uh, I did a survey with uh, our team here where we polled 1,000 readers, 18 to 34, and I pulled together, well, actually our photo team pulled together uh, a collection of images. And it was a mix of women of different sizes and uh, different ethnicities and skin colors and shapes. Um, it's not, you know, every single person on the spectrum, but it's a pretty broad look. Mm-hmm. And I, I did have our photo team actually crop out their heads because I wanted people to be able to look to focus entirely on their body and not on their face or their expression. Mm. Um, and then we had them do some word associations with, uh, you know, giving them a, a whole big bunch of words and having them first define them as positive, negative, or neutral, and then assigning them to each of these bodies. And of course, there were some very not surprising, but very dismaying findings. Like, you know, the more plus person, uh, m- more plus size a person is, larger a person is, the less acceptable they become. Mm-hmm. Um, the more visible a plus size body is, the less acceptable it is. You know, we had some, a lot of the women in the photos were in swimsuits, um, and there was one plus size woman who was sort of, she, she escaped a lot of the criticism that the other ones got, and then we were trying to figure out what it was, and we realized she's covered head to toe. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's really, really interesting uh, what happens when you when you take a face away from a body and have people comment on that. Right. It's, it's like, it gives you license almost in the way that the internet gives people license to say things that they would never say to someone in public because it's behind this veil of anonymity. It's like, you know, someone's anonymous without their head. So you can sort of project whatever you want onto that body. Yep. Mm -hmm. And was this group of people that you were polling, was this internal, like, R29 staffers or was this? No, it wasn't staffers. Mm. Um, it's readers. It's a group of, of readers who we often poll. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're readers who have basically, I don't know how, what the criteria is, but they have to read the site a certain amount and they have to want to participate in these surveys, for example. Oh, that's so uh, interesting. Yeah, we have this really amazing resource where we can we can speak directly to a reader and she will speak back loud and clear. A lot mm. of people responded to that survey. And a lot of people were really, really, really upset with us for even running it, for even asking them to 
look at these bodies and assign words and phrases to them. Mm, that's actually sort people of heartening. Don't <laughs> I think it is. I, I, yes, I think people, their hearts uh, in a lot of ways were in the right place in that they were saying things like, you know, I, I, it's not a, I don't want to judge people. People don't, we don't want to be judgy and mean. Yeah. But we are judgmental. We all have inherent bias. And that was really the point here. And, you know, really a very large point of me even publishing this is to challenge others, I think, to look in the mirror and face their own unconscious bias because that's mm-hmm. really the only way anything changes. And it's the most uncomfortable thing. Nobody wants to do it, but we got to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's such a great point. You know, nobody wants to consciously think about doing it. And yeah, that reaction was probably like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this. Like, that's not who I want to be. But in reality, mm-hmm. that is who we all are at some level, unless we really do a lot of work to surround ourselves with different messages and different images and even then like they you know these unconscious biases still pop up so like I think it's it's an ongoing project probably Uh uh-huh that's part of being a person part of the work of being a person (laughs) yep exactly and if you're someone who wants to be you know sort of moving like progress forward and challenging those biases in society just keep doing the work it's like you know it's not I don't think it's any sort of bad mark on anyone what what biases they have come up when they look at different bodies. I think it's just, it's like, okay, here's what I need to work on. You know, here's where my limits are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the site is so beautiful. So I think um, I'm going to try to release this on like during the launch week. Friday is actually International Podcasting Day. So I think uh, I was going to do an extra episode for that anyway, like something bonusy. And this is so perfect because people can go to the site during the launch week and see like what exactly 67% looks like and experience that for themselves. You know, what comes up when you see this? Thank you. I mean, yeah, it's pretty darn cool. We, we love talking about this, the, the invisible shift because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like a plus issue where that was the whole point was like, mm-hmm. we don't really believe in the plus issue because it's just, you know, it just segregates us more mm-hmm. and inclusion is the overall goal here, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think just weaving it seamlessly into all of your editorial content is exactly what needs to happen with more media organizations. And, you know, hopefully you guys are going to help move the needle for everyone, especially by making these stock images available. I feel like that's such a cool um, oh, yeah. service. I didn't mention to that part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. more about that. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. So we're, yeah, partnering with Getty basically so that they, these images that we have shot, you know, have become uh, a, a, an, a resource on Getty images and other outlets can grab them and use them in any way they want. And these, I think, you know, you're not going to find many, if any, other plus-size stock images out there like this, where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, not women on a scale, not women in, always in their underwear, not women depressed. <laughs> um, um, yeah, we, I think we've started to see them pop up um, a cu- in a couple places, and it's only been live for three days now, not quite three days. I think we saw Bumble, you know, the dating app, mm-hmm. uh, actually has has one up uh, um, in their advertising now. And it's oh, my God. Like, yeah, it's not calling attention to it. It's not like, this is a plus-size dating app. It's just like, it's a picture of a girl taking a selfie the way that you do on a dating app. And um, <laughs> it was just so cool to see. 
Because people, there's such a need, such a desire, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I've really grappled with that myself because I do an Instagram feed where I try to, like, have inspirational Mm -hmm. quotes and thoughts about body positivity and, you know, put it over a background of whatever. And for a while, we were doing these, like, backgrounds with people where I was like, I really want more diversity. I really want, like, size diversity specifically, and that's just not available. So the solution was, like, for the temporary workaround that I was doing was just, all right, let's do like you know bodies sort of from a distance or you can't really see exactly who the person is and it's not really about like the body anyway it's just sort of illustrating a person in some context and it wasn't I I always was like oh I wish I had better options but you know this I'd rather show like a thinner person you know looking like they're having a good day or (laughs) taking care of themselves Mm -hmm. or whatever um, versus a larger person looking miserable and you know measuring their waist because I'm not going to do that like that's you know the antithesis (laughs) of what I'm trying to do but it was interesting I I actually had a conversation with a a follower on my um, feed who was like you know I love your quotes and I love your images and I really want to share them in this feminist group that I'm a part of but you know I feel uncomfortable sharing these images that are very like you know sort of size normative and heteronormative and I was like oh my god like even this sort of temporary workaround that I've done to try not to be showing just all the same type of body all the time like is still hurting someone and that sucks so I I decided to stop showing images at all until I could find um, images that were really representative of what I wanted to show and so I just like set a budget and sent my assistant to the Getty site to buy a bunch of 67% project images. So I will be using those in my Instagram very soon and possibly my my website as well. That is so exciting. That is so exciting. It's like the answer to my prayers, really, because I've been actually wrote to a friend of mine who's like working on a design firm, working at a design firm to be like, do you know anything like this? Like, is there any stock image site available that does this kind of stuff? And he referred me to one site that was like, oh, this is sort of the cutting edge, like stock image website right now. And they might have some more diversity. And it was like, yeah, ethnic diversity for sure. Gender diversity, Mm -hmm. like sort of, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like, but size diversity, hell no. Like that does not exist anywhere really. So. I know. I know. You know, what's really cool. Just one more thing is, you know, so we have, we've really uh, incited readers to kind of join in with this and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, even we we have this see the 67 hashtag, which is really something that's about uh, people of all sizes being able to be a part of this because, you know, just like feminism is, you know, about the equality of women, but it's really, you know, a benefit to everybody in our world. Mm-hmm. This, this project is also a benefit for everybody in our world and it involves uh, being seen and actively seeing people in this representation, um, I'm sorry, in this demographic. Mm-hmm. So, even looking at that hashtag, you're seeing so many people, you know, post pictures either of themselves or of women in this demographic that they really admire. And it's all different contexts and it's all different looks. And it's so, so exciting. And some of mm. people have, have actually emailed us and they're like, I'm a, you know, I'm an amateur plus model, blah, blah, blah. Can I, can I be a part? And that's really how this is going to grow for us um, because plus models are, uh, you know, not generally actually in the retail demographic of plus size. So mm. 
That's also a narrow field and its own complicated matter. Um, so we have we've achieved this really by our incredible photo team casting people off the street or off the internet or off people emailing wow. us um, or tagging on Instagram, and that is how it's going to grow. So you know, if if you're curious, I would highly recommend checking out that hashtag or similar hashtags because there is there are so many people of so many different lifestyles, even by looking at the picture, the mm-hmm. pictures that we're seeing that are eager to be seen. I love that. That's a cool resource because, yeah, anyone out there who's looking to break into modeling or whatever could um, be a part of this. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's fabulous. I'm going to link to all of this stuff in the show notes so people can see the um, just, you know, the images and then also the hashtag and the Getty site for anyone who's, you know, in media and wants to use those images. Um, Great. Definitely Spread know a lot of people who want to who want to get on board. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Well, how's life in general since uh, the book? Have you been, I, I'm sure you've been super busy with this project. So that was kind of the next. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Busy. Busy is a very good um, adjective for me, uh, mm-hmm. just generally. <laughs> um, no, things are great. I mean, it's really wonderful um, to see how the book has grown and, and taken off and is still really out there. Uh, I'm actually, I'm still promoting it. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a window that's sort of wide open, which I I was not expecting. Um, so it's really wonderful. I hear from people, you know, I would say probably every day, uh, who are just finding it now and it's really, it's really cool. And I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, book two. Mm, so, <laughs> that's that exciting. Be, that should be coming. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the beginning stages of that process. So, uh, more, just more. That's that's what's going on with me. Just more of just it. Just more, and, more and of all the good out. stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm. You know. I'm obviously. I'm still working on uh, topics related to intuitive eating and body positivity and fitness. I've really, really been enjoying um, doing some more fitness coverage recently and, and doing a, a sort of a rash, what I call the rational fitness challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also branching out into, you know, back into some of the areas that I would write. I wrote about, um, before anti-diet, before the book. Um, and that's really been exciting too, to sort of stretch, to stretch out in a bigger, in a bigger way as a writer and a, a lady. <laughs> I love that. I think it's so, it's so interesting too, to think about like, our trajectories with recovery and body positivity and all of this stuff where like, you know, in my experience anyway, it was like when I was in it, when I was super disordered, I was, all I wanted to write about was food and exercise and bodies and, you know, all of that stuff. And I was just like down the rabbit hole with anything to do with nutrition. But as I've recovered and, you know, even though my sort of brand is like, loosely about nutrition and food I feel like it's just becoming about so much more because I don't actually like care as much about food anymore you know I feel like I'm just moving forward in life and that's kind of the normal trajectory of things where when you recover you can really branch out and like be a whole person again it's pretty cool right it's it's a little you know um surprising I suppose Mm. uh but I think it's pretty cool. And I think it's also great to talk about that in the context of, you know, your show, mm-hmm. which I imagine is listened to by so many people who are in various stages of recovery or just, you know, have yeah. food issues, meaning like basically everybody. <laughs> right. But to be, come to a show like that and, and just to be reminded that, by the way, there's 
get more more to life than this actually and you know when when you're not so occupied with this the the rest of your life kind of comes flooding in mm-hmm. is a really important thing to remember yes i know it's like there's light at the end of the tunnel and it's it's not you know it doesn't have to be that far off really you can and i actually sorry i didn't interrupt oh no go ahead <laughs> i was just going to say i interviewed um Oh, God. Was it Elise Resch or Evelyn? Yeah, it was oh, Elise yeah. Resch. Um, uh, about a month ago for uh, an article that hasn't come out yet, but will mm-hmm. on the Anti-Diet Project soon. And I was saying to her, you know, I was talking about, you know, a, a food, particular food issue that I was still, that I had sort of recently started struggling with, again, like one particular difficult food for me mm-hmm. and how I had tackled it in a, in a different way and how I also... Um, you know, sort of comforted myself with by saying things like, you know, this is it's is okay. It's like this is the kind of thing that you're probably going to have to deal with it. You know, out of to a certain degree, over and over and over again throughout your life, and that's mm-hmm. all right. You know, not 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 thinking that I have to get to an end to a perfect place where everything is all better forever. And she she sort of stopped mm-hmm. me and she's like, well, I actually think you probably will get to a place with you know that particular food item or uh, any particular food item where it's not going to come up again and again and again. I think it just takes a lot longer than you think, you know, and you can't sort of be looking to the end of the tunnel, but I think it might, I think it's there, you know? That's such a great point. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think it's like both. It's all of it, you know, like when you're still in it and you're still having these issues come up again, it's like you kind of just have to be compassionate and be like, it's okay. Like, even if you sort of think of yourself as being really far along in the intuitive eating journey or the body positive journey, like, of course, these things can still come up. And of course, that it's okay, you know, but then also like, yeah, there probably will be a time eventually down the line when that's just put to rest and like, to have hope for that too, without using that hope to like, berate yourself for not being there, which is, yeah, you know, very tough balance. Yeah, super tough. Yeah, no, I, I totally feel you. I think the same thing, though, I actually think back to when I started the podcast three and a half years ago, when I was I was recovered, like behaviorally, and mostly mentally, but I still thought of myself as a disordered eater. I was like, I remember in the Mm -hmm. intro to the first episode of the podcast, I was like, you know, I still have food or I'm a nutritionist and I have food issues and I'll probably always have food issues because um, that's just sort of the human condition, you know, and that was kind of my framing for like when I first started the podcast was that everybody has some food issues and let's talk about them. And I think that is true, but I also think, you know, my self my self-conception has changed so much since then because I've realized like, no, I actually am past that. Like when I started the podcast, it was like six months since my last binge. So I think I was still like, I could binge again at any time, you know? But now it's been like three and a half years since my last binge or whatever, four years. And it's like, oh, so actually that's not, that's not a thing anymore. Like that's nothing. That's not something I ever think about. That's not something that, you know, is a coping skill that would come up even in tough times, which I've had since then. And it just, you know, it's like that is laid to rest. So. Oh, man, that's incredible. But it's also, I know, like an identity shift, Mm -hmm. you know? Totally. Yeah, (laughs) it is. Because, yeah, that's I think I was sort of still in that identity as a disordered eater, um, even while sort of practicing not being disordered and you know the way that I was living my life was not anymore it was actually not until I did uh, an internship at uh, an eating disorder treatment center in my training as a dietitian that I was like oh because I read 
Ellen Satter's little thing about what is normal eating. She has this amazing passage. Uh-huh. It's like normal eating is everything, basically. And, you know, sort of <clears throat> relating to food in a really flexible way. And I was like, uh-huh. I do this, I do this, I do like, oh, like everything I'm doing fits within this context. And it was sort of a frame shift for me of like, oh, I don't actually still have these lingering food issues. I just have life you know I just I'm just a normal person relating to food and it's it was very liberating to realize that that's amazing can you send that to me I will yes yes and I'll put that in the show notes too please please yes yes absolutely (laughs) like I was like this is everything when I saw it so yeah oh it's so important to have those reminders and it's also so hard to know like when or if the shift has happened. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't gotten to the bottom of that yet, clearly, but but I'm I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. It's a it's an unfolding process, I'm sure. And like, you know, you're you're on the path, and you're doing amazing things while also still working that out. I think that's like the coolest thing, you know, about your journey, and that you know everybody else can maybe take a page from too. Is like you don't have to not be. Um, speaking out about body positivity and making a change, even if you're still working on some things of your own, like you can do both. You don't have to be perfect to be a leader in this movement, you know? So, so important. I say this probably, I mean, so, so much this comes up. I cannot overstate it that, you know, we're so used to having a pedestal or a goal or a thing Mm -hmm. that we have to fit to. And when you let go of that, when with body stuff, it, I don't, I don't think for, I think for most people, it just becomes a new pedestal. And the new pedestal is like, I have to be 100% confident and body positive all the time. Right. And it's like, come on, nobody is. Nobody. Nobody is. And you have to just like let go of the pedestal. And the other thing, as you point out, is like, you cannot, you cannot wait. There is, the older I get, you know, the more I realize how, how much I waited for so many things. Mm-hmm. And I, I absolutely do regret it. And I don't waste a lot of time on that regret because uh, I'm well aware of it. But you cannot wait to be anything in particular to do something with your life. You have to just like keep going and do it in whatever, you know, do it the best you can right now. Yes, absolutely. Because I think the that waiting for something, you know, for everything to be perfect or like when once I get this, then I'll do everything else I want to do in my life. That's such a vestige of the diet mentality. You know, that's like, mm-hmm. every, you know, diets tell you that once you lose weight or once you get the perfect body or once you diet perfectly or whatever, then your life starts and you get everything and it's all magical. But it's like, you know, you, mm-hmm. when you drop the dieting and sort of are moving away from the diet mentality in that, I think it's important to remember, like, also we have to move away from this framing that like now the new goal is just perfect body positivity. And once I get that, I'll be able to do everything because it's, you know, it's that same yeah. framework that's been used to oppress you in the past, basically. To the point where, I don't know, at least for me, it became a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I, I found it really frustrating and angering um, that I had to sort of be responsible 100% for my own life, for my relationships, for my friendships, for my career. And like really, you know, when it comes down to it, not blame it on anything else or not say, oh, I'm not, I, I'll, I'm not doing this because of my body or I'm not doing this because I haven't fixed my food stuff yet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know there's there's really no good reason to wait and it's hard to confront that responsibility but that is that is the only way that is the only way because mm-hmm. it's never going to be perfect never yeah no, nothing's ever perfect 
Well, on that note, um, tell us where people can find uh, more about the rep- or the 67% project and oh. where they can find you. Absolutely. Well, um, for the 67% project, you can just go right on over to refinery29.com. Um, you can take a look at the Instagram feed, which I think is really cool because it's all pictures, so you can see quite mm. clearly the, the shift that's happened. But I would, I would recommend poking around the website. And, you know, we haven't done a ton of on-the-nose content about what we're doing specifically. It's just sort of a handful of very carefully curated pieces because we really want this to be mostly about... Uh, the normalization and not, again, like not a, a plus size issue or something like that. Mm-hmm. So but you can find some great work on there. Um, I edited a piece from Saray Walker, who's wonderful. Mm, um, love her. Going up from Virgie Tovar. We love her too, of course. Yes. Um, we got some exciting interviews. Uh, I got to interview Danielle Brooks uh, two days ago, and she's the bee's knees. Oh, she's so, so great. Tasty yeah. from Orange is the New Black. <laughs> is the greatest um and we're gonna have more from her and and more uh, so go check that out and um in terms of finding me you can find my anti-diet project still on the website every other monday and um, kelseymiller.com and you can find me at ms kelsey miller ms kelsey miller on instagram and twitter Oh, and I'm on Facebook. You can find me there, too. Ooh, nice. I'm everywhere. You're everywhere. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'm so excited to share this with people. Thank you. Me, too. So that's our show. Thanks again so much to our guest for being here and to you guys for listening. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Android or whatever your favorite podcast app is if you haven't done so already. Meanwhile, I'd love to stay in touch with you online. The best way is by email. So if you join my email VIP list, you'll get exclusive tips about intuitive eating and body positivity and updates about all my work as well as new episodes of the podcast. So if you go to christyharrison.com slash email, you can sign up there. That's christyharrison.com slash email. And I would love to have you guys all on my VIP list. And then you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at Food Psych on Facebook and Food Psych Pod on Twitter. And then I am also on Instagram, uh, just me this time. I don't have a separate account for the podcast, but I'm on Instagram at Christy Harrison. And the first I is a one. The music you're hearing behind me now is by a band called AWOL, and the track is called Food, used under the Creative Commons license. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, stay psyched. Stupid or scared, no work in the kitchen now. Who put you there in that perfect position now? Booties want your food, and you ain't really beat. Have you ever went over your friend's house,